0: guys here with matt howell (laughs) sorry about that matt howell uh (laughs) this week on the first run i pushed the button to unmute my mic and it looked like the light was still flashing for a second so i was like oh it took me a second there this week on the first run it's the battle of the sequel to mediocre films the thing that nobody really asked for but here we are in the black corner we have everyone's favorite perversion of religious iconography valak and the nun 2 let's get nunny in the other black corner, sporting a fabulous undercut and net tattoos, it's Chris Hemsworth in Extraction 2, Extract Harder. In between rounds, we'll give you the top releases on physical media, the straight-to-DVD and streaming picks of the week, and give you our final decision on horror spinoffs we'd like to see. So touch gloves, keep it above the belt, and give us some jump scares with The Nun dose. I have screwed this up. First off, I thought it was my week for the write-up. Oh, okay.
1: So I had that all done, but that's fine. In fact, yours was spectacular, so I'm very excited about that. Uh,
0: I did the wrong final segment. Oh, you did? That's okay, because I was re- I was super struggling with this. I'm still I'm still only have three entries, and I'm just gonna try and come up with two more throughout the show. Um, so I, uh, what what did you do for your segment? I did call it. Oh, I okay. did call it. Okay, which is
1: next week's uh, gotcha. Thing. gotcha. So. Um,
0: all right, we'll do a little mishmash. <laughs> That's what
1: happened. I did not look up the calendar properly. Mm. God, things have been so busy. All right, well. Yeah, ben. All right, Hannah, we'll set up a Patreon and maybe someday, Matt, I'll read my opening to the show. Mine was a B, plus, yours was an A, A minus. So Thank you, I appreciate it. I guess, uh, yeah. So, right, so, well.
0: so so, let's get Nani. Give us some numb. Oh, okay.
2: Sister Irene.
0: Your Eminence.
2: There has been an incident, a series of It's moving west across Europe, but its origins point to Romania. It can't be. The demon lives. Have you spoken to Father Burke? Father Burke is dead. How? Cholera. You are the only person alive who has dealt with something like this. The Church would like you to investigate. Find out what it wants, and where it's going next. No. I'm sorry? I can't do it. Can't or won't? You don't know what happened at St. Carter. I was lucky to make it out alive. You're right. I don't know what you faced back there. But in that abbey, sister, you performed a miracle. The church needs another.
1: Matt, Taysa Farmiga returns as Irene Palmer, the nun with a mission. This time, Matt, though, she's what? She's here to bring justice and expose the church for its greed and its corruption and some of the other really disgusting stuff we don't want to talk about right and oh wait don't no, that's that's not it at all what is the nun 2 all about <laughs> uh
0: the nun 2 so as you said uh and we heard in the clip there uh, sister irene plays by thaisa farm farmiga um it's uh she's in into a new convent uh, it's five years later after the events of the first film. She befriends uh, Deborah, who's a new nun, who's having a crisis of faith, when the Vatican does what the Vatican does and says, hey, you, I need you to perform another miracle on demand because Valak is still around, brutally killing some people, which is really not what ghosts and possession films really do, but here we are. So here's 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 where we are.
1: I think I've been basically on the record stating that all the ancillary conjuring films mm-hmm. have been less than good. And I think really the first two are, I think are very well done. And then after that, we've kind of take a dip except of course, with the exception for that second Annabelle film. Right. right? I yeah. think that's fair. Yeah. So the director, Michael Chavis has directed not only the curse of Lorona, which I had lots of problems with. He also did the conjuring, the devil made me do it, which is just an abysmal, exercise in a horror so now he's here with a nun too matt has he turned the corner have we have a spark of life into the conjuring franchise or should we just keep waiting for n lorraine to come back around one more time
0: <laughs> oh boy um man you listing out those other conjuring films that i had completely blocked from my mind really illustrates how many of these things there really are in this uh, shared conjuring universe uh i'll say this it's not good. It's not a spark of life, but if you're kind of comparing it to those trash heaps, I mean, I guess it's slightly better. I mean, it's, I guess slightly, slightly better, but it's, it's not good by any means. I mean, there's nothing particularly innovative in here. The creepy nun, I think worked really well for in the conjuring films, because it was very brief and it was not something that was lingered on. Whereas as kind of this force of evil, that's violently, Killing people left and right, I, it just doesn't really work. It just is not a film that I could, I could really get into, as it were.
1: I think you're being a little generous, Matt. I think the <laughs> problem too with this nun part do is that we still don't get anything out of Valak. Valak. Right. Valak. It, it's he exists just to work as a casual trigger for kind of these little scare moments and then kind of just to have a something to build a horror film around and it's they just don't farm it enough for enough backstory for enough dread for enough anything it's there's like an ancillary throwaway about you know the nun to where where valak came from and all that stuff which i think is just a callback to earlier stuff anyway right and he's just this is just the same director and again who's just it's it's another just expansion pack, is all this is. And it really, I hate to use that word, but it is just content. We're just go ahead and using this Conjuring franchise to continue to make kind of these little one-off, little forgettable scare films while we wait for the next round, I guess. But even then, like, is The Devil Made Me Do It? Is that a, that's an official one, right? That's because that's Ed and Lorraine. And that one, same director, is
0: a, just a slog, I'm pretty sure that's an official one. Although I want to pump the brakes just a little bit. You always, you act like this whole "it's just content" is just is like a new phenomenon. I mean, I think the yeah, twelve yeah. Friday the Thirteenth movies would beg to differ. I mean, I don't think any of those are magnum well, opposite. well, what? Let's be careful. Let's because let's. Oh, I'm really curious to see how you defend the, the, those uh, films that I don't understand everybody's love for because they're not particularly good. It should them.
1: be a marathon. We do when we force Matt to watch all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. All I think I've I think i said this before too. Is that it's the strongest out of all the horror franchises. Mm-hmm. But the problem is too it's it's not it's not an expansion pack. It is the same character except for one film, right? It's kind of brought back to life over and over again with a new air quotes kind of adventure, kind of horror thing too. You know it. It's, that's just fine. They're just, yes, they're mining that for cash. But for this is, this is just an, ex, you know, this is an offshoot of an existing character mm-hmm. or of the case, you know, in a, in a franchise. So it's, which, as I said, I'm going to use the term again, it's expansion pack. And that's what it kind of feels very artificial and very cookie cutter, and very just, just uh, um, assembly line, you know, the unhappy meal of horror is right. this country is these conjuring films i think what i was going to say about uh, about friday the 13th is that out of all the big horror franchises which i would throw in what nightmare and elm street and halloween mm-hmm. there is there another one that features like a slasher that's like more than eight films or something like that
0: not that i can think of i don't
1: think so the thing is that there is no film as bad as the entries in those other two series in friday the 13th now those films, like one-off movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street, is better than any of the Friday Thirteenth films. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. And Halloween is better than any of the Friday Thirteenth films. Yeah. But there's no film in the fr- Friday Thirteenth franchise that's as bad as the bad films in those other franchises.
0: I think the Friday the Thirteenth franchise gets a lot of slack for being kind of having this '80s cheese and camp aspect to it, and I think a lot of people give it a lot of. Are a little less critical of it. Um, I have a low tolerance for that, so when I watch it, it's like, oh gosh, like I, I, I can't, uh, can't deal. But, I, but I will say this: What is you bring up an interesting point. So, if this is an expansion Ooh, pack, write down the date. Yeah, write down the date. It is the it's September twelfth, twenty twenty three. Okay. Um, that, if this is an expansion pack, would you prefer that we go back to a model where it's the same characters over and over and over again. Would you rather have had every one of these Conjuring films have Ed and Lorraine? Would that have been no. the focus? No, not at all. I like
1: the idea of expanding the universes. In fact, one of the things that frustrated the most out of The Crystal Llorona was that we were starting to get into some other cultural horror that I won't be as familiar with. Mm-hmm. But The problem is you just don't do a good job with it. Yeah. Like- I, I enjoy exploring and expanding the universes. That's my big complaint with this, is that Valak just... is it. He, He's a trigger. He's not like an overwhelming kind of force in this film. He, he just is is just sets things up so we can get our jump scares in and make a movie. That's that's the only reason why it exists. It doesn't really add anything. It doesn't do anything, you know. So if you, I, I'm fine doing a whole run of Nun films, but I need it to be competently done. I need it to be scary, all right? And I need, I don't, I, I just, I need more from this than some dashed on. Here's five bucks, here's a new playable character with a new skin. That's basically all this ever feels like to me.
0: Yeah. But I mean, horror is a genre that's notorious for having people make these films that there's two I think there's there's several types of horror fans. I think you and I are ones that we expect more from it. Like, because when it can be elevated, it's fantastic and it's some of the best stuff that's out there. But there's a lot of there's a lot of horror fans who just kind of love it all. They love the they love the cheesiness of it. They love the monsters. They love the blood. Whatever it is that attracts them to it, it's they're okay with that kind of film. And there's I can't say that that you know audience is necessarily small because obviously these type of movies still get made. They must still be making money. Oh
1: well, it's made a ton of money, Matt. Cost about thirty nine to make. It's pulled in eighty eight, and that's just over one week, right? So this is done exceptionally well. It's easily going to clear. I think a hundred million by the time it's done. So no, we're gonna. I, I, I I'll i say myself, too, I'm going to keep going to the theaters and seeing these things. They're going to slap me in the face with it every single time. and But I'm still going to keep going. So I'm my own worst enemy with this stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want more. Develop the story more. Give me more. I think Valak, the idea of a demon taking the form of a nun and terrorizing a convent, where the kids would be, I, I love that idea. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But the damn thing's just inert. There's just nothing really interesting to it. Another thing, too, is that it's got some real is it anachronistic issues for me because it's set in 56 right yeah. but storm reed is clearly out of 2023 i think in this film i mean i expect her to do a tiktok thing while she was uh waiting for something <laughs> to happen and Tessa from this too i there's no sense i think really of, of the time that it's in for the most part and i also had a lot of spatial issues like i had no idea kind of where we were the first half hour of the film like yeah. is is Farmiga's character at the school at the or is she not is she where like in maurice i had totally blanked on maurice Mm. until i got the background reminder but i think that's just more of just a another issue with how bad that first nun film is but yeah i had really issues following things and then you have really kind of odd stuff like the uh what did i what did i want to call it the uh the cursed magazine rack of doom (laughs) Right. right i mean there's lots of just i don't know just things that just just don't really work for me in this, Matt. I, I I don't know. The entire film is just entirely too shallow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, despite the popularity of these things, uh, to steal from meme culture and The Simpsons, it's, you know, this is, I would say that the children are wrong in this instance. I'm not the one that's out of touch. It's the children that are out of touch as far as this stuff goes. So, um, yeah, I, I can't recommend it. I agree with what Chris is saying. It is a lackluster entry into a series that is mostly lackluster, unfortunately with a couple of standout films, but you know what? We keep going. They're going to keep giving us what they think that we want. And, um, maybe we need to start speaking with our wallets, Chris.
1: Maybe, maybe just have Juan do these every six to eight years <laughs> instead. Right. All right. Yeah. And maybe we don't do the expansion. Maybe right. we, I, I like the idea of, of bringing in new stuff and exploring new a- avenues But not if it's this clumsily and poorly done. I just don't. I don't. I don't want to see it. I don't care for it. So, uh, and Matt too. Like the the ending kind of it builds up to this ending that's entirely too long. Yeah. And then is just kind of well. You know what? I I may have some more thoughts on Extraction too. So maybe I should pocket my concerns with endings of films as we roll on. Please,
0: please. Let's not. uh, Let's not uh, blow the lead early, right?
1: So, but I want to give it none too. It's the second week in a row for the lead film D for disastrous this time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I wish D plus wasn't a positive because then I could say it was a disaster plus, but no, I would just give it as D as well.
1: Oh, none. You know, would you, did you sit through the mid credit sequence?
0: No, I got up and walked out as soon as that thing was over.
1: So it's a deleted scene. I believe from the devil made me do it where uh, they just inserted it here instead. And it's, it's, it's the Warrens. It's Wilson and Farmiga. Uh, they they answer a phone call, and they say, "Hey, it's Ed. What's up?" Actually, he did the whole Bud Light thing because that's the time frame. It's like, "What's up? And then they say, and then they look they look mournfully into into the camera.
0: Wow, sounds fascinating. I'm glad you stayed for that, so you could tell me what happened.
1: Yeah, I think you know what, and maybe we we'll wrap it up. I think it's supposed to be the final film in the series featuring the Warrens. Okay, uh, who were hacks? And uh, maybe it's Valak. Maybe they really go all in and take out the nun for the last time. You know, right, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. I don't know who's directing it, though, so I'm a little nervous about that. I would love for Juan to come back and wrap everything up, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. Do we even have a name for this one yet? I thought it was like Conjuring. This This is it, folks. No, it's uh, last rights. It's oh, okay. called. There you go. Director to be announced, though. So uh, that's concerning. All right. Well, that sucked. But this won't week. This week won't. God damn it! I had it all smoothly done and I written out and I screwed it up. <laughs> Matt, that sucked. But this week won't. If you're a 4K fan, oh boy! I hope you gave your wallets a rest because it's going to be uh, a rough run this upcoming uh, Tuesday.
2: Hello, Reagan. I'm a friend of your mother's. I'd like to help you. You want to loosen the straps, huh? I'm afraid you might hurt yourself, Reagan. I'm not Reagan. I see. Well, then, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. And I am the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, cars. Where's Regan? In here with us.
1: That's right, folks. Cinderella is being released in 4K this upcoming <laughs> Tuesday. No, William Friedkin's The Exorcist getting released in 4K this upcoming Tuesday, Matt. And that, of course, is what? September 19th. Thank you very much. Get, get a steelbook from Best Buy uh, as well. And I will tell you this. The UK, I don't know if it's Studio Canal. I don't think it may even be a Vi. Either way, the UK has a much cooler looking set than this. Okay. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to get it. it. It's the pre-order when it was sold out immediately. It actually looks like a Bible in a slip case. And you take it out and it's got the movie and a book and a whole bunch of stuff in it. If I had known, I would have jumped all over it. But I didn't hear, find out about it until it was long sold out. So, uh, but... Here in the States, if you want to get in 4K, you can get a brand new 4K restoration of the film, a Dolby Atmos audio track, and includes both theatrical and director's cuts in uh, 4K.
0: Will you be upgrading, Matt? Yeah, I might. I just might. Um, I only have it on DVD.
1: I bought it on Blu ray about two years ago. Um, but if around Halloween or Black Friday it gets cheap enough, I may pull the trigger. So, because it is what the kids call a classic, Matt. All right, what else we got here? Oh boy, I'm stalling because my soundboard is. Mermaid. Number five! I'm gonna go with the Little Mermaid map. This is the live action version. You get it from Best Buy, you get a steelbook. Walmart has an enamel pin as well as a unique cover, and Target's got something. I don't know what. Doesn't say on their website, but there is an individual Target version coming out. There's four song breakdowns, three featurettes, a sing along version, and more. For your
0: little mermaid fans, did you uh, see the little mermaid with uh, First Run Junior? I did not, but I do know it's on Disney Plus now, so I can just watch it when I'm ready. There you go. Four, oh! only being released on DVD, is Biosphere. This is the
1: comedy featuring Sterling K. Brown and Mark Duplass, directed by Mel Eslin. It's the. Uh, um, about the titular life-sustaining structure, Matt House Science Advisor Ray, played by Brown and lifelong pal and old boss Billy Duplass, were becoming accustomed, Matt, to possibly being the last people remaining on Earth. As the reality of their situation sinks in and their relationships become strained, Billy finds himself adapting to the new reality in an unexpected fashion in this darkly observational, apocalyptic two-hander farce. So, there you go.
0: I was wondering if it was a remake of the Polish Shore film from, like, 1993, but I guess not. doesn't sound like
1: it. A- yeah, I don't think so. Could mm. be. Who
0: knows? I don't think so, though.
2: Get three coffins ready.
0: Hello. Huh?
1: Scream Factory. Scream. You like how they combine <laughs> shout and scream? Scream Factory <laughs> is releasing Lost Souls featuring my first wife, Winona Ryder, and Ben Chaplin. A small group of Catholics, led by an ailing priest, believe that Satan intends to become man, just as God did in the person of Jesus. The writings of the possessed mental patient lead them to Peter Kelson Matt, a writer who studies serial killers. They think it's his body. That Satan will occupy. So uh, includes audio commentary with the director, deleted scenes as well with optional commentary. I've never seen Lost Souls, but uh, you know, fan would know it. By the way, I have thirty minutes to go in the uh, last episode of Stranger Things. Okay. So hopefully, I can wrap that up tonight. We'll see. After the Jets debacle from uh, last night, I cannot believe he tore his ACL. He's that was crazy.
0: Season. Four plays in, four snaps, four snaps and what was hilarious did you watch the interview before that where he's talking with McEnroe and he's like telling McEnroe not to jinx it don't put like evil out there and here it is like literally four snaps it's crazy
1: being a Jets fan it's just it's a curse it really is (laughs) unbelievable they still I can't believe they won the game though that was a hell of a finish yeah it was so um I'm looking for I'm glad I didn't spend money on the YouTube thing at all either, four hundred bucks to watch them go now five and twelve, or whatever <laughs> it is they're likely gonna
2: do. Uh... Looks like we're shy one horse. <laughs> you brought too too many.
1: Matt Criterion is putting out Orson Wells' The Trial based off of the Kafka novel. Brand new 4 for restoration by Studio Canal, a new audio commentary, and a 1981 documentary about the film's production. And then finally, Matt Past Lives, a film I desperately want to see, considered one of the best films of the year. No one, hey, Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are a rest apart, Matt. After Nora's family emigrates from South Korea, 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny a commentary with writer director Celine Song and actors Greta Lee and Tao Yu, some deleted scenes and a making of feature yet, featurette. It's supposed to be wonderful, and I uh, really hope to catch up with it soon. Matt, also coming up on 4K, Arrow is releasing Ringu, the OG Japanese horror film, is getting a 4K deluxe treatment from Arrow. If you buy it directly from them, you get uh, a cover that's the original. Artwork, Mm -hmm. And then they have uh, the new stylized version that they did, I think, for the Blu-ray release a few years ago. HDR presentation of the film as well, because you got that 4K release. A bunch of new featurettes, some deleted scenes, and uh, more. I'm just reading through the notes here, and I realized somehow on Blu-ray.com, somebody pasted in the special features from Carlito's Way (laughs) in the (laughs) ring site. So you may want to check that out there, uh, Blu-ray.com. So, uh, good times. Also, seven double-sided poster card size lobby card reproductions, a double-sided poster, and an illustrated collector's booklet featuring new writings on the film. Also, some other 4K releases, Matt, Black Phone being released. I think film we both enjoyed enough. Yeah. It's okay. Cocaine Bear. Mm-hmm. The, uh, probably one of the few films I enjoyed, Charlie Hunneman, The Last City of Z. Mm. The uh, recent horror film The Fall is getting a steelbook release in 4K. And then, of course, uh, Matt's favorite movie of the year so far, uh, Cocaine Bear. Did I say Cocaine Bear? <laughs> you did or say it. You didn't? did
0: say Yeah, you did. Yeah. Damn
1: it. I kind of screwed up my own joke. Uh, and, of course, the uh, Barry Gordy classic, produced classic, The Last Dragon, mm. being released in 4K. Your straight-to-DVD pick of the week, Matt. I'm going to go just because of the cast alone, The Collective. A young recruit to a mysterious agency of assassins finds himself going rogue on his first assignment, tracking down a dangerous group of human traffickers. Sounds like a Mission Impossible film. I I can't remember the last time he actually went on like a mission where he didn't go rogue. Right. It's featuring Don Johnson, Ruby Rose, Tyrese Gibson, and Lucas Till. Matt, what should we be streaming this week?
0: I'm going to recommend uh, Oscar winner, Chris's favorite film of last year, The Whale, starring... uh, (laughs) I forgot his name. What is even his name? Uh, Help me out here, buddy. What's his... uh...
1: Talking about Brendan Fraser? Yes, Brendan
0: Fraser, yes. I don't know why I was blanking on Brendan Fraser. I, I guess I'm not a part of the is that a word is that what we're using this year it is now Uh, anyway it's about a an english uh, professor who is estranged from his family he's extremely overweight and he has got a uh basically he's a shut-in and he's got a diagnosis that uh doesn't give him a lot of time so he decides to reach out and try and make one last-ditch effort to connect with his daughter before he passes Uh, available on paramount plus and showtime as well as fubo if you are one of the 10 people who subscribed to Fubo.
1: Yeah. So Fraser's great in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for the film.
0: Yeah, I know. That's why it's... I was making, that's why I was making, I, I know you wanted to settle the score <laughs> just because, uh, but, uh, Chris was uh, pretty, pretty mild, like simmering about that film the whole time.
1: Yeah. Check out the archives. You can, uh, listen to our discussion about that one. I'm assuming it's episode something. Mm-hmm. Three, four, eight,
0: five, six, nine. It is something.
1: There's a 69 in there somewhere. Just do a search for just a search for the way. Nice. Matt, let's go ahead and keep rolling then and spend a few minutes and talk about Extraction 2, the action freequel, sequel franchise thing maybe we never knew we needed.
2: You lost right you Rake? I asked you first. Yeah, but my answer depends on yours. See... If you are a Rake, then you are the myth of Mumbai, the legend that got the journalists out of Congo and it took down the two gangs to save the mayor of Rio. I mean, the honor would be all mine, but I have to say, mate, you're not living up to the hype. What happened? You fall off a bridge? How about you put my cup down, hop in your car and f- off. It's not very nice, is it? Not when we've got a mutual friend who's offered you a job. I don't have any friends. Yeah, well, this particular individual seems to think you're the only one that can do it. Me? I am not so convinced. Can you even pull the trigger like that? Well, that's why you haven't got any friends.
1: (laughs) Haha, Joe Russo. (laughs) Uh, That's clever. Clever little vignettes with his little jokes of the guns and friends and stuff. Extraction 2. Tyler Rake, Jesus Christ, Tyler Rake, what a name, returns, Matt, from the dead. Zombie Rake, Matt, is brought back after being shot and stabbed and falling off a bridge into a water and drowning. He somehow survives and is brought back for one one more mission. I don't want to say final because I think they're already talking about a third extraction film. They certainly set it up sure. at the end of the film. Yeah. This time, I guess, Matt, it's personal, right? I guess we can say that that's a fair statement. hmm I think it's better than the first one. Mm-hmm. And so this time he has to go break, extract, break somebody out of a prison who doesn't want to be in prison with her with her kids. And um, the gang or the husband of this woman is I should say the relatives, I don't want to give too much away, are hunting them down to try and reunite the family, get revenge, kill everybody, who knows. Lots of death and destruction and mayhem. Expendables level kind of action over the top craziness. And maybe sometimes that's that's enough. Was mm. it enough for you?
0: Yeah, I think so I will admit I remember next to nothing about the original extraction. <laughs> I remember that Chris Hemsworth was in it. And I vaguely remember they were in like a hot climate. Uh I guess it was in Mumbai, based on what Idris Elba just said in that clip. And that's all I can remember. I can remember nothing else about it. So this one I will say this, plot's nonsensical. It's ba- it's barely there, and what is there is, is nonsensical. It's got every kind of cliche and plot trope, you know, the, the conflicted kid and the person from somebody's past and yada, yada, yada. Tortured hero, all that kind of stuff on a redemption arc. Yep, yep, yep. Check, but check. check. when all that stuff was not on the screen and they were just shooting shit, I was having a hell of a lot of fun watching it. And I, I was it almost in spite of myself. I'm like, I caught myself being like, I'm kind of into this. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm into these action sequences. Then they would, you know, and then after it goes for like 10 minutes or whatever. And then they have that the little bit of character building. And I'm like, it kind of doze off a little bit. And then they kick it right back up again. So as just a straight action film, set piece to set piece to set piece, I think this is pretty successful. I had a pretty good time with it
1: i'm inclined to agree with you i had started this film and then i was doing I let me get a start on this because it's getting late i know i gotta watch it so i was doing the dishes after i made dinner and uh we won't talk about the arguments we have in this house because i think whenever you make dinner then your partner should do the dishes but that that's, is a story for another day
0: that is a that is a rule in this house whoever makes dinner doesn't have to clean up that's the rule yeah. that's a law well, that's yeah. Anyway, anyway, so, <laughs> straight to marriage jail. We're gonna take her to the to the people's court for that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm doing I'm doing the dishes. I'm doing a, I read an article too in the Times. You don't really have to rinse anymore. The dishwasher stuff today with the cleaning stuff, you mm-hmm. can just let that stuff flow and it's yeah. good, baby. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I'm doing dishes, and it kind of kicks off. And I actually stopped, walked over to the couch, and sat down and watched the action sequence take play out because I I needed to focus on it. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say one of the issues I have with it is that the director, Sam Hargrave, who, who uh, directed the last one too, I think he's improved here, but there's still an issue I have with the film where it feels at times very much like a video game adaptation, possibly the greatest video game adaptation I've ever seen. It's these... There's He tries to do a... Uh, uh, a tracking shot basically right from when the extraction starts mm-hmm. from that moment. He hands off the money and the camera pans up to reveal that it's Hemsworth. Excuse me, Tyler rake <clears throat> But as soon as they do that, then it, it's, it's, he hides his cuts and it's made to look like this is one long, what, like 15, 20 minute action set piece. Yeah. If not longer. Yeah. And I think part of my concern is that it's the same issue I had though. I thought it was really interesting with the John Woo film, uh, Gemini man. He's using, I think, digital 4K cameras when he shoots this, and everything is just crystal clear. And then it, it has doesn't have any doesn't have a level of grain. It doesn't have uh, that kind of filmic sense to it. So that's like the only critique I have of the action set pieces is that it's just it's too pretty and it's too clean. Mm. And uh, I would like a little more. I don't know something. I'm not quite sure what. But outside of that. I think it's very successful. I think this is some fantastic stunt work. I think it's excellent. Though I will say when he tosses his partner through the window off the top of the building, there's no way she's not bouncing right off that shit and (laughs) falling to the ground. Regardless, it's really well done. It's over the top, but you're going to get sucked into it. And I think Hemsworth really equates himself well in this. I think, and in in regards to action films specifically, I think this is the best thing he's done. I think I looked at Ragnarok as kind of an action comedy adventure right. film. Right. This is a straight dad-tainment action, over-the-top action film. And I think then, I, th- I think he equates himself really well in this. I totally buy into him in this role entirely.
0: Yeah, I think it's a definite improvement from the first one. I think, you know, the man of few words who does a lot of glowering and, gl- and glaring mm-hmm. and... and uh, you know, but at the same time, is doing all this, you know, gunfuu and all that stuff is is it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think he's. What'll be interesting is when we're getting uh, Expendables fifteen if they roll out Chris Hemsworth for for this. You know, when he's like in his his fifties.
1: Maybe, you know, Stallone. I'm, I'm convinced Stallone dies in the first fifteen minutes of that film. First oh, fifteen minutes of the new one. Easily. Okay. Yeah. All right. Convinced of it. Okay. It Starts off with like friends and family, and then Stallone. His, all of his shots of it, you look at it, they all seem to be at the same location. Hmm. And whenever you see him, he doesn't show up again in any of the other stuff. So I'm fairly confident. Spoiler, I guess, that Stallone bites it in the first f- 10, 15 minutes of that film.
0: Hmm.
1: He's going to start with a big adventure. They survive and get home. Somebody shows up, kills him, and then it's revenge for everybody else to, to, to you know, for Barney.
0: Yeah, so they, I think it'll be, I wish it, I hope it'll be he, they get home and he's crossing the street while looking at his phone. He gets hit by a car, and they <laughs> got to go hunt down the rando that killed him by accident.
1: And it's it's the Oscar Mayer hot dog truck, exactly hot right, Wiener yeah. Wienermobile.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's the good humor truck that clipped him, and they have to go hunt. They go, they <laughs> tear a bloody swath through all of the uh, the ice cream men trucks in uh, Los Angeles or wherever <laughs> the hell they are.
1: I bet you. I think Megan Fox is going to be his daughter in it too. Mm, that's, that's those are those are my predictions. Okay. What are we talking about? Extraction two. Matt, do you have a favorite kill in the film? I did. It really jumped out at me.
0: Mm. Favorite kill.
1: there's the only one I went. Whoa. Mm.
0: I I don't know. What's what's yours? The weight bench when he kicks oh, the yeah, weight out yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Thing, it I crushes did, the guy's skull the, or his the, face the, and, the, into his body with the leg press. I did. I said yeah, the yeah. same thing. Yeah. I, when that happened, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> it was like, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty brutal.
1: Yeah, so that's good. another thing too I like is that they a lot of times they dress up all the rando guys, the all the the, the cannon fodder, the Star Trek red shirts. They all always wear helmets and masks, so you could really I guess save on your your cuz just you have the same like five stunt guys do the same do the right. roles over and over <laughs> again. It makes it easy. And uh I've another critique of like you said some of this stuff is just it's just rocket stupid. Like how that one kid who's got the super spy, super secret phone that's not protected from access in any capacity. Right. You know, it's just little things where, like Matt said, there's really just boneheaded, obvious plot points that you just kind of got to push through for the next time that Chris Hemsworth pulls up a gun that's larger than him, like commando style, and starts shooting everything in front of him. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, and maybe a couple issues with the special effects here and there, particularly this one scene when the helicopters kind of escape from the tower. Yeah. That really looks sketchy as hell. Yeah. But uh outside of that, if you just want to turn off your brain, have a nice dad tame at night, and watch a whole lot of people get gunned down and Hemsworth and his just steel jaw just mugging us all the way through it. You can't go wrong, I think, with distraction too, Matt. I'm giving it a B minus.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a B minus as well. It is for what it is. I think it's a solid example of a straight to DVD action film in a streaming world.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, my middle-aged dad brain enjoyed the hell out of it. Reptile, I should say brain enjoyed the hell out of this thing. So, You've got to the extraction too, which is currently streaming on Netflix. Shoot us an email at feedback at the first run.com. And I didn't think I mentioned before, none too, theaters, mm. right now as well. So hit us up for your thoughts on both of them. And that's close out the show. I almost choked on my own words there. And um, I'll do Call It. You can talk a little bit about horror franchises if you want. Unless you want to just, we could just riff off of my Call It, too, yeah, if you want to do it just, that way. Let's just do that. Yeah. All right. I think I have so like weird. four or five. So okay. that'll work. Okay. All right. Good. Here we go
2: him aren't you you're the goblin king i want my brother back please if it's all the same what's said is said but i didn't mean it oh you didn't please where is he you know very well where he is please bring him back please sarah go back to your room play with your toys and your costumes forget about the baby I've brought you a gift. What is it? It's a crystal. Nothing more. But if you turn it this way and look into it, it'll show you your dreams. But this is not a gift for an ordinary girl who takes care of a screaming baby. Do you want it? Then forget the baby. Then
1: forget the baby. I, I, I have to if I find a way to shoehorn David Bowie into the show, man, I'm going to do it. I don't know why I haven't done like a side piece thing where I just review all of Bowie's performances in movies.
0: Yeah, that's that seems like something of the oft-talked about other content that we could produce that we just never get up our ass to do. Or you are a participant in another show that does run a series of an artist, so maybe you could talk somebody into that one.
1: Oh, that's that's going to be a tough poll. I think. <laughs> That'd be a I did start my I did start my uh, um, ranking list. I have to I just have to post it. I think on the show or maybe uh, uh, pin it on my Twitter thing. I, I don't know, but I started ranking all the Bowie songs mm. in or in uh, temporal. I don't know order. <laughs> Is oh, the right use of that term. Not
0: not favorite. Not favorite order.
1: No, I just every from from like sixty. one of my five? And then I uh, uh, just every song by kind of release or album date. And then I rank each each okay. uh, song gotcha. as well. And then I rank the album overall. Gotcha. I'm right in the middle of hunky-dory. But I'm, it's the problem is I have to focus while I do it. Yeah, I don't want to just kind of have it in the background and go, oh, yeah, that's a good three stars you yeah. know, whatever. So. Right. Matt, call it. Labyrinth or the never-ending story for your 80s fantasy needs.
0: Oh, never-ending story. No doubt. Not even a question. I'm not a huge fan of – I'm not a super fan of David Bowie. And I always thought Labyrinth was a lot cheesier. It's got a lot more of the low budget 80 with you know with that's missing some of the charred charms for me. It, it, some of the cheesiness, of it just didn't sell for me. As a very a much younger person when those came out, I was much more on board with the Neverending Story. I wish it was a little more bleak like the book original is, but I'll take it. But then, when the horse dies, he has to leave the horse behind to kind of what drown in the quicksand mud swamp thing. In the swamps of sorrow, of, and the swamps of sadness. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's he has to make a choice as it's far as his hair, that is very bleak as his hero journey, and it's but it was written. This is a germ. This is a story written by a German, so of course, it's like way worse. Ah,
1: in, in oh, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, does he have to like eat the horse to survive or something <laughs> like that or
0: yeah he has to he has to like you know kill it with a stick a sharpened stick just uh, that's how he has to take care of it to get through the swamps of sadness
1: wow all right well usually obviously the correct answer is a labyrinth mm. um that's because of uh bowie as jareth and then, of course the soundtrack which mm. he can't go wrong i mean uh as the world falls down oh beautiful beautiful song so uh magic dance underground so, yeah, I'm going Labyrinth. Matt, all right, what about Netflix produced films? Well, no, this is incorrect. MCU star movies on streaming, Matt. The original Extraction or Ghosted? Which one are you going with? Ooh. Ghosted is the Chris Evans right. out of the, the Armist, the, the one, you one that I've forgotten.
0: Th- yeah, no, it was the one, I think, from last week or the week before where I thought it was on Netflix and you corrected me that it was an Apple Plus Correct. jam. Ugh.
1: Because I think Extraction Two would be number one for both of us. Yeah,
0: I would be. I guess. I guess the first extraction. I guess I like. Here's the thing. I don't remember anything about the first extraction, but I do remember enough about Ghosted where I didn't quite. There's a lot of things about Ghosted that didn't sit right with me, so because I have more negative thoughts about Ghosted, whereas I have basically no thoughts about Extraction, I'm going to go with Extraction.
1: I I think I'm agreeing with you. I'm going to go with the first Extraction as well, and if I want to see on a kick a lot of butt, I'll just pop on uh, No Time to Die, which is uh, great. I still... What infuriates me now, the more I think about No Time to Die, the more I dislike it. Hmm. Well, actually, there's more things I don't like about it. Is the distillation of everything Daniel Craig could have been as bond is in that scene where he meets up with the armistice character in the bar. And are they in Cuba? I'm blanking out where they are, Mm -hmm. but when they go into that bar, everything Craig could have been as bond is perfect in that particular scene where he does the shot before they go out to shoot a bunch of people. I mean, if if you wanted to see the Zenith of Craig as bond, it's that scene. Mm -hmm. And it's frustrating that we got it for basically 10 minutes, right? Matt, all right, let's keep rolling. Best thing Netflix has produced, uh, film-wise. Here are your—I'm f- going to give you four, four to choose from. And we can whittle it down. I got Roma, The Irishman, Power of the Dog, or Defy of Bloods. Hmm. Do you want to? Do you want to do a a quick little elimination challenge? Go Roma or The Irishman? I would go Roma. What about Power of the Dog or Defy of Bloods?
0: I think I go Power of the Dog.
1: All right, then it's Roma or Power of the Dog.
0: I go Roma because I'm as much as I, I try not to show it. I am, I do have a kernel of softness, so I think I prefer Roma to the kind of bleakness of Power of the Dog.
1: And I'm the exact opposite of Matt, so I'd probably go Power of the Dog myself on that, that one. I would do the same eliminations. Would they, if we swapped anything around, would that change at all? Would like Irishman versus the Five Bloods or Irishman versus Power of the Dog make a difference to you? No, I mean well, no, because you took we chose Roma in the end. So. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, I don't think that would make any difference. I I still think I would take I would take the Five Bloods over over the Irishman.
1: Okay. Yeah, I wonder would I do that? Uh, yeah, probably because of Del Delray. Rey, mm-hmm. uh, Lindo's performance alone probably pushes it over the top for me as well. Yeah, though I do enjoy the Irishman a lot. I'm still eyeing that um that release from Criterion whenever it comes up. But it always gets cut off because I, I I usually I buy one or two new releases and one upgrade. And I have them in my hand, Irishman's always there, and then it just gets dropped at the last minute because it's still on Netflix. <laughs> right. Like, I haven't bought The Princess Bride on anything since VHS. Wow. And now the 4K is out from Criterion. So I'll finally be picking that up uh, the next sale, which I think should be, what, October,
0: October November? It's usually in October, I thought.
1: Yeah. So I, I the last Criterion sale on their website, I got that cool little off kind of, is it Aquamarine? This blue shirt with the sea logo on it? Yeah. Stained it after stained three it? weeks, stained it three weeks. Unwearable. Wow.
0: That bad, huh?
1: Yeah. I was wow. furious. So I'm gonna have to get another one now. Thankfully they do do those sales too. Where they'll go forty percent off of stuff on-, on site as well. Right. Like clothing and other stuff. And I do have, I think like a $10 gift card from them sitting in my, on my little thing there. Cause I'm a Criterion channel subscriber. So Matt, enough better unconventional superhero movie, Dark Man or Unbreakable? I originally I had RoboCop in here but I think RoboCop would easily take it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that would be a, a layup. I not I'm not as enamored with Unbreakable as a lot of people are, but mm-hmm. I think when you throw it up against those two films, I think there's a lot much there's a lot more to recommend about Unbreakable than there is about Darkman. Not that Darkman doesn't have its charms.
1: I think in the end for the sheer insanity of it and the Sam Raimi you know, shifts, kiss, touches. I'd probably actually go Dark Man over Unbreakable.
0: Okay. I haven't seen Darkman since I was disappointed by it, I think, when I was a kid.
1: That's the thing. I haven't seen it in 20 years either. Yeah. And I bought Unbreakable on 4K well, last year because on uh, Black Friday, I think it got down to like 10 bucks. And I had I only had it on DVD mm-hmm. back when they still used to do those uh, special edition releases. It came in the cool little slip cover and the whole thing. It was really a nice release. Was it Dimension that put that out? Regardless. But I don't, you know what? I'm going to talk myself out of it because I do really like Unbreakable. I think the score for that film is great too. James Newton Howard's score for Unbreakable is fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. Ask me tomorrow. I'd probably say Unbreakable. It's really a tough one. That's why it's hard. You know what? That's a good point. This is call it. One goes away forever. One doesn't. I think I would go Unbreakable in the end.
0: Yeah, I think we probably owe it to ourselves to watch Darkman again and see where we come down.
1: Yeah, I have the, uh, I think I have the Shout Factory Blu-ray on that. Do I? I'd have to look. Yeah. All right. Good times. Where are we left, Matt? Uh, do I have any more? Uh, two more. The Ring or The Grudge?
0: Oh, The Ring. No contest. We're talking about the yeah, American talk- version, right? No. No. Oh, okay. So you're talking ring Or and- I can say yes. Yeah, or you could, there are two <laughs> choices there. Yes and no. If we're talking the American, I'm going with The Ring.
1: All right, so the, so if you ring or the grudge, you're going ring. I think right. I agree with that. All right, Ringu or um, Juan.
0: I think I go Juan.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. That's interesting. So if we go to the original source, the original materials, the original films, we we flip on that. Yeah. I think that's the correct thing to do.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, Juwan. I mean, Ringu just has the ring just has its own vibe, and it was just such a good lightning in a bottle kind of horror film that still really is even with the kind of anachronism of a vhs tape kind of thing like who the hell even has vhs anymore except i guess you know if you made a new ring film because vhs has that kind of hipster collector thing going on if it was like just burning through a bunch of hipsters i think that would be pretty funny anyway um they uh i think it has such a good vibe but i think when you go back to the source material ring is a little confusing it doesn't have it has a kind of a lot of weird plot points going on. So I think, you know, Juwan is a much better, like J horror example.
1: I agree with you. Um, they tried to do a, a kind of a, a mm. in 2017 called rings.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah.
1: I have not seen it. So I, I don't know.
0: I don't think I've seen it either, to be quite honest with you.
1: D'Onofrio's in it.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that.
1: Oh, well, maybe I'll show up on a streaming. I'll catch up with it someday. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. Matt, let's close it up. Going back to 80s fantasy. Are you ready? Yeah. This one's going to be tough for me. You may know right away, but this is going to be really hard for me. Highlander or Flash Gordon?
0: Oof. I think I, for all the shit I give it, I think I'm going to go with Highlander over Flash Gordon. I think the only reason, and I think it would be an easy choice for you, if it wasn't for the Queen, the the Flash Gordon soundtrack? Because I think the Flash Gordon soundtrack is better than the Highlander soundtrack, as good as the Highlander one is. So,
1: yeah. I'm leaning towards Highlander. Now, the difference is that Queen wrote songs inspired by the film. They didn't do a traditional score soundtrack like they did with Flash Gordon. Right. So they're they're two different beasts. But... In fact, I think Michael Kamen did the incidental kind of, you know, the the score stuff. But so many great Queen songs are on the Kind of Magic album, which were the songs developed because of the film, as well as other things, other influences. But I mean, One Vision, Kind of Magic, uh, Friends Will Be Friend. I don't think that's in that one, though. Princes of the Universe. Um, so many great songs on that album. But the Queen's score album for Flash Gordon is so much fun. But film-wise, I think Highlander is the one you keep over yeah. Flash Gordon. I mean, Flash Gordon, it's it's cheesy, it's bad, but in a good way, it's fun. But in the end, I think Highlander's a more enjoyable f- experience. So I guess I'd go Highlander too.
2: All
0: right. Fantastic.
1: There's your call-its, buddies. What did you all think of those? What were your choices? Shoot us an email at feedback at com. We would love to hear your thoughts. Matt what's coming up next week on the big show
0: uh so we're getting yet another I got the Christie joint and <laughs> a haunting in Venice which I don't understand how these things keep getting made but here we are we're gonna go check it out and then we're also going to check out the Spanish language vampire film El Conde
1: yeah which I guess is based, I think we talked about it last week is based on Pinochet it is. So, uh, that'll be kind of interesting to see. You know, I haven't seen Death on the Nile yet. So, I may try and squeeze that in before. I don't think it really matters. It's not like they're direct sequels. Right. I, I heard still that haven't one, seen
0: it. I heard that one is exceptionally bad.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm hearing good things about the new one, though. So, we'll have to see if that pans out. Yeah, so. definitely. In the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts, as always. Uh, but head over to the uh, website, thefirstrun.com. you can find archives of the old shows. All of them are on there, as well as a report card and some other goodies. Uh, head on over to facebook twitter instagram youtube and is that it facebook youtube instagram and x. twitter x i don't know, no no. <laughs> no and do a search for the first run scroll 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 eventually you will find us head on over to apple podcast give us a review to help other people find the show and i think that's it is that it that's it that's it let's go ahead and take an extended break matt oh i'm really excited about this week's stinger uh it's gonna be <laughs> i had a lot of fun with it So all right anyway shut up chris let's close it out everybody take care of yourselves we love you very much
2: we'll see you soon